0: Well, good morning to you from Rainy Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I'm talking to you live on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash The Mind Whisperer. This is the Mind Whisperer program. And if you are tuned in live, uh, you might also be watching on freecast right now. I notice I've got uh, at least one person tuned in. I'm just going to turn down the background music here. Be patient with me as I toggle back and forth. And today's topic is, what is happiness? We're going to get to that in just a moment, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping with the programs. Uh, As I said, uh, I mentioned the link to uh, The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, you can also find us, uh, The Mind Whisperer, on Facebook, um, oddly enough, at facebook.com forward slash The Mind Whisperer, and also on Twitter. Uh, We're always happy to hear from you on topics uh, that you want to suggest for the program, And, uh, of course, you can always find um, our past uh, broadcasts either on Blog Talk Radio uh, or iTunes on the Mind Whisperer or uh, here on Spreecast if you're watching Spreecast. So, uh, let's get right to the topic today. We are talking about happiness. Now, happiness, uh, I'm approaching this topic today not in the sense that I may have in the past uh, addressed it in terms of how to organize ourselves within our daily lives to maximize uh, happiness in a sustainable kind of way. That's a very important topic, and I'm going to touch on it just ever so briefly today um, by mentioning Martin Seligman, who is uh, known as the forerunner and pioneer of uh, what's called positive psychology. Um, But today is prompted more by uh, follow-up research Um, and findings uh, coming out of the effective neuroscience lab at the University of Wisconsin. And uh, these are studies that were done um, using FMRI, which are functional uh, brain scans, showing active brain state, um, with long-term, very experienced meditators who have minimum 10,000 hours of meditation. And looking at what's going on in the brain functionally um, with specific uh, focus in meditation, in this case on compassion. A little bit of background here: Richard Davidson is a re, uh, you know, psychology researcher at uh, the University of Wisconsin. These studies were done originally in the 90s, and then, uh, assuming it was follow-up done, um, it eventually was um, disclosed that the main um, subject in the study, uh, who was previously designated as Oso, which was a uh, a name uh, bestowed upon this person in the Tibetan uh, uh, monk tradition, Lama tradition. And uh, his name is actually Mati Ricard, which will not come as a big shock or surprise to people who are uh, aware of what goes on in that world of uh, Tibetan meditation and teachers. And Mati Ricard is a uh, comes from a very um, celebrated family. His um, he grew up in the 60s with uh, some of the top uh, intellectuals uh, visiting his home, including Igor Stravinsky and many others. Um, his father was a French philosopher named Jean-Francois Revel, and Mathieu uh, was a, uh, on his way, or if not already a PhD in molecular biology at the Pasteur Institute, um, decided to um, partly, uh, from what I understand, because of um, seeing all of these high-level intellectuals visiting his parents' home, which was sort of a salon, and uh, not being any happier for, for the benefit of those discourses or discussions. And so off he went to the Himalayas to study Tibetan meditation and uh, eventually became a monk. And in 19... Oh, I don't know the exact date, actually, right now. I can put some information here. 2000... Bear with me a moment it uh, oh, doesn't give the date on this, on this article here, but um, somewhere around 2009, I believe, he wrote uh, a book called The Monk and the Philosopher, which was actually a dialogue with his father um, about the meaning of life. And uh, so this made him uh, a bit of a co-celebre uh, in French, um, and uh, he became much more widely known in the West as a result. And he's also the French interpreter to the Dalai Lama. So why is this so important? Why is all this background, uh, about, uh, Mathieu Ricard so important? Well, first of all, he is a very experienced meditator and, and able to translate to us Westerners a lot of the benefits of, um, of, uh, meditation. But the study is quite significant, uh, the, the brain study on, um, Monsieur Ricard is very important because, um, it shows us what's going on in the brain with someone who has a high level of uh, brain activity from meditation. And what the results show is off the charts. And, and, and you may have seen headlines uh, in the last couple of years that uh, um, they, in fact, uh, are describing him as the happiest human ever studied on, uh, you know, using modern scientific um, techniques. And so how do we determine what that happiness is in terms of brain state and physiology? Well. Um, There are some very strong indicators of what's going on uh, that we know behaviorally and also biochemically and and neuronally in terms of brain function. And uh, one of them is gamma uh, activity in the brain. And he literally scored off the chart for the highest level, which is described as beatific, which means it's someone who is radiantly happy, um, exquisitely happy, and he was further a deviation away from anything previously registered or even marked as the end of the scale. And the second pronounced um, observable state uh, in Mathieu's uh, brain is uh, that uh, the left prefrontal cortex, which is associated with positive thought, empathy, connection, etc., cetera, um, again, was extremely highly um, activated and almost indetectably uh, in comparison to um, any activity on the right prefrontal cortex which is associated with negative emotions. And so what this shows us is that the brain is elastic. You know, so-called neuroplasticity is something that is real and it affects our emotional state and uh, after many, many years of meditating, um, this is something that's just a byproduct, if you will, um, a result of um, this approach to handling emotion. And it's something that's within all of our graphs. Now, something that, um, that Matthew has talked about, and he wrote a book called Happiness, and uh, I went to see him speak in Vancouver. I was very fortunate to hear him speak. There was a line out the door. And um, I'm going to overlap a little bit of what Matthew has to say with um, positive psychology. And uh, I also just watched a recent TED Talk by um, a person named Rory McDonald, who was talking about um, framing and how perspective is everything. And so this is really the message that uh, meditation from the Buddhist tradition is trying to give us, is that it's not, uh, to quote Roy McDonald, it's not um, the circumstances of our life that make us happy, it's our perspective and our sense of control over the circumstances. And so this is the offering of meditation, or any practice that allows us that kind of meta-awareness. It's not the eradication of the negative emotions, it's the sense of of having um, the word meta-awareness denotes that we are able to observe what's happening. And this is what, uh, that, uh, Matthew says about, um, reducing anxiety and that rumination in the mind, and, uh, that negative discourse, that self-talk, is that you don't try and eradicate it from your experience, but by observing it, it has less power, it has less fuel. It, It extinguishes the flames, um, it's a, it's a sort of mental intervention. So the aim is not to get rid of those emotions. In fact, sometimes anger is important to help us identify a need or uh, something that we need to take care of or to communicate. Uh, Rather, it is that if we can come back to hold what they say uh, in the meditation practices, holding your seat, that's not to lose complete awareness, not to let it envelop you, but to see it as an experience and also to find something positive or instructive about it. And just the act of doing that, of course, through sitting meditation, even just for 20 or 30 minutes a day, is profound. And this study also, um, just so you understand, in terms of balance, wasn't just a, a highly experienced long-term meditators. They also did a comparison with a group that they instructed to meditate, I believe, 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day for uh, just three weeks. And after three weeks, there was a significant reduction in depression and anxiety, etc. And Matthew says in one of the recent articles about him in the study that uh, meditation, even just a, a small amount of meditation daily, uh, combined with cognitive therapy, can reduce the reoccurrence of depression, um, depression itself, and the reoccurrence up to 40%. And what that tells us, again, is that it, it, it's, it's corroborating what we know about modern uh, cognitive neuroscience um, research about, um, brain state and functionality and our emotional states and our, ha- our happiness, which is that it's, you know, our, our whole organism functions top-down. Whatever we're thinking, whatever is occurring in the mind, um, is, uh, is affecting our brain state and thus is affecting our physical state. And so, what is meditation? What, what is the relationship between meditation and happiness? Well, again, first of all, it's a very important to frame happiness in a way that, um, is meaningful in this uh, context. And that is, happiness is not the pursuit of enjoyable experiences. There's nothing wrong with enjoyable experiences. This isn't some, um, you know, torturous uh, self-discipline exercise to, uh, you know, hit ourselves with, you know, leather straps and and keep ourselves uh, rigidly held into some sort of stoic um, observation of life or, or lack of Impulses. It's not what it's about. It's about um, regulating a sense of um, well-being and, uh, and managing ourselves our, our, our in a way that's, um, that e- results in us being able to be present and okay with whatever is going on. It's that sustainable sense of well-being, no matter what the circumstances are, that is uh, described as happiness, if you will um, by, uh, the, by the standards of, um, uh, meditation. And so, um, this is very different than what we may regard in terms of a happy life, and there's much more to be discussed about that as I refer to, um, positive psychology, which is looking at actually some of the classic, um, um, platonic, um, regard of, uh, what, how to live a meaningful, purposeful life as opposed to a pleasurable life. That's a different question altogether. I think that that's a that's a ripple effect of this kind of relationship with oneself. And so, in meditation, what we're simply doing is observing what's going on within the, the process of our own thoughts and emotions and our physical experiences. And by doing so, there is a sense of um, witnessing. There is a sense of um, uh, um, abidement, uh, that we are there present for ourselves no matter what is happening. What is happening fluctuates. It changes and it, it has an energy that will dissipate. And so anger and jealousy and all these emotions will change. They will fluctuate and change just like clouds. And so I'm running out of time here. It's such a great topic. But um, just to quote a couple of things from uh, a book called The Art Meditation by Matthew Ricard, and I really encourage you to look up his work. Um, He says a couple of things. A healthy mind should act like a mirror. Faces can be reflected in a glass, but none of them stick. Use the same technique with thoughts. Let them pass through your mind, but don't dwell. And this is the thing that vexes most of us is we have these thoughts and we believe them. And they have a certain sort of solidity to them and we identify with them and we try to defend against our own thoughts. Um, and so the idea is just to focus on your breath, come back to your breath as something constant and simple, and that's um, just there involuntarily. And he says, it's not a, c- controlling the mind is not about reducing your freedom, as I was saying before. It's not about being a slave to your thoughts. Think of it rather as directing your mind like a boat, instead of the boat just drifting. And so that's a, a, an introduction to this topic of happiness. Um, and of course, the last thought I want to leave you with is, the result of these, uh, or, or the, the indicator of these um, measurements on Mathieu Ricard, isn't just simple mindfulness med- meditation. He was meditating on compassion. And so compassion is that part of our left prefrontal cortex that grows exponentially um, when we focus on thinking of others.